Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Bear Share Show. Again, my name is Andre Matoyer, and today I have a special guest host, the lovely David Rodriguez. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Andre, and your audience for having me on. I'm definitely excited to be able to uh, have a really great conversation with you, and hopefully everyone else finds it very useful today. Absolutely. And today we have sort of a more difficult uh, topic. And David, I can't thank you enough for agreeing to do this one with me, but it is something I think people are going to appreciate having, like listening to the conversation and, um, you know, knowing more about it. And that is about, you know, first the LGBTQ community is known to be pretty inclusive. Um, that's something I've talked about a lot already in some of the other videos, like with the bear community, but on the other side of it, there's a darker side that has to do with racism. And unfortunately, racism is something that we have seen in the gay community. So David, I kind of wanted to have you come on and sort of pick your brain as to um, what you've experienced and what you've noticed in the LGBT community. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and then um, just kind of introduce us to your experiences so far positive, and then we can go into the negative of the LGBTQ community for you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, thank you for having me on to talk about this topic, which, you know, obviously, I think for uh, many of us, whether, you know, in the LGBTQ community, or just kind of, uh, you know, amongst us as a society as a whole, is, you know, a rather difficult topic. But, you know, to really best understand that, I think is really to understand, you know, what really kind of makes us most similar. And that is as a gay man myself, you know, have uh, had a very similar experience with uh, coming out as a gay person, which as we all know is difficult enough, right? And especially to navigate that as a, uh, a young person who grew up um, in the Bay Area in California. Um, you know, I was lucky enough at least to be able to have a peripheral to, you know, the mm -hmm. gay community as a whole to know that, you know, there was at least an ability for people to come out and live their lives happily and just be- yeah. Um, but, you know, that definitely does come with its own set of difficulties as well, um, especially as, you know, navigating life as a person of color as well comes with its own set of uh, kind of uh, cultural setbacks that you have to deal with. Um, and, you know, as we start to think about, you know, how that also then tends to play into our everyday lives as adults, um, tends to take on different complexities as we uh, as we get older and we start to find that, uh, you know, things aren't necessarily always as welcoming as they should be. So, exactly. Um, and I find it interesting that um, you grew up in the Bay Area, which, like you said, tends to be where we think of as like the most accepting area of the country when it comes to LGBTQ. So I'm even more curious um, to sort of hear your experiences of non-inclusion in the most inclusive place in the country. <laughs> so, um, so go ahead and tell me, like, what was some of your first feelings of when you noticed, okay, hey, like something's a little off for me, um, like your your perception of what you've viewed the community. Yeah, that's that's um, that I think is always kind of a, a weird phenomenon, right? That occurs, mm -hmm. especially when uh, it's either so blatantly in your face, or as we kind of have you know come to understand it in more modern terms as these kind of microaggressions, right? These, these types okay. of things that present themselves in uh, what seemingly feel like small things, 
um, but really do kind of uh, play into a much larger narrative, right? And that is that, um, you know, as people of color, especially in a uh, community like, say, one in, in San Francisco, which kind of lends itself to being uh, a little bit more homogeneous as far as, you know, the, the, the types of people that are rather put on yeah. the roles as who is most desirable and maybe who is maybe less than, right? Um, yes. It so present itself as something that's not always uh, um, very friendly uh, to people of color. So what does that look like? Um, like, what have you noticed? I, I'm Puerto Rican, um, but I've noticed the darker the skin tone, the more exclusion I've seen with people. But what have you noticed to be sort of that um, homogenistic preferred look that you've experienced? Yeah, um, I, I can even tell you a little bit about a, a more specific instance of where uh, I got okay. invited to a, a party once, uh, you know, as we all know, you know, these uh, little house parties and things like yeah. functions yeah. that happen. And, you know, they're always a lot of fun and definitely like mm -hmm. being involved in those types of things when possible. But, uh, you know, showing up to one of these particular events and, uh, you know, got a chance to be acquainted with some of the folks that were there that I maybe hadn't met before, but definitely kind of started to understand that there was already... Uh, a feeling of an us versus them type situation or feeling among the, uh, the audience. And so really, were you the only person of color there at this party? Um, was one of the few, was one of the few. Wow. And okay. uh, very uh, particularly, I remember being in uh, the kitchen of this particular party and yeah. having a conversation with a few friends of mine. And one of the hosts actually had approached me and basically had addressed me as, oh, you're that black guy, right? And, uh, so immediately what was very, you know, uh, jovial kind of feeling in the room turned dead silent and just, uh, remember just not being necessarily, you know, uh, being confronted with the words to say in the moment I just said, uh, I guess that might be me. And, uh, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're that, you're that one black guy. And a friend of mine actually just completely broke the silence and, uh, he actually grabbed my crotch and said, no, trust me, he's Latino. <laughs> so. oh, oh yeah but like he had to cover for you with a different race you know like that's and that's kind of one of the things right i think i think it's just kind of we we don't really inherently know how to be able to deal with those types of awkward moments where you know yeah. clearly the the times when we feel the most vulnerable and right. trying to just be who we are and right. um that part has become in some ways exceedingly more difficult uh to be able to try to make sure that you know, we're feeling safe in those spaces when uh, we clearly don't. Well, we've already have one thing against us, right? Like we already have to come out, be LGBTQ in a world where even though the world's maybe getting more accepting about it, we're still the minority. And sometimes we have to be reminded of that. But then within that subgroup, you have people that have their own like biases against their own people, so to speak that makes it a lot more challenging, you know, to like that example with, and I hear this a lot too, and it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, I don't even think people realize it, but they'll say those comments like, Oh, you're that black guy. Um, for those that don't know, Dave's really tall. So it's like, you know, why couldn't they say, Hey, you're like, you're the really tall guy. And that, not that going by someone's description is always the best thing, but they immediately point to skin color and they say, Oh, you're that black guy. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Well, I, I feel one bad. of the important distinctions to make here too is that um, I think the the addressing of that terminology and that verbiage, right, is really mm -hmm. not so happening 
elsewhere with other people, right? Like right. Is the descriptors that others are using when in addressing or, or talking about someone like myself. So that is the rhetoric and that is the, the, the thought that's being transcribed with others, you know, and, and that is, I think, where that becomes more blatant and that it, it's a little bit more egregious. So, yeah. That's so frustrating. Um, I had a, a friend of mine recently, we just did an episode together on the show about the bear community. And we talked about how that tends to be the most inclusive, but I've heard differently. And I ashamed to say that I've seen differently. What is your experience in the bear community? Because I know that you are a part of that community. So what have you, what have you noticed? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with the fact that I think it absolutely is um, one of the most uh, accepting and inclusive parts of, you know, the LGBTQ community as a whole. Um, you know, I think that uh, that part of our community is very well versed in what it means to feel, you know, maybe a little bit excluded uh, or, you know, not yeah. as uh, welcome in certain spaces. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't make them exempt um, from, yeah. you know, what that feeling might be when they, uh, you know, come to including others in their community. But I will say as a whole, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to really have, uh, you know, had an incredibly overwhelmingly positive experience. That's good. You know, that's good. um, but I know that that's not, you know, carte blanche, you know, across the board for everyone. So, yeah. um, and, you know, I've even, you know, seen and experienced, you know, what that looks like and what it is, is that, you know, there's just a lot of um, inability for those to be able to accept the fact that, you know, you can be in the same space as other people who may be different from you from a color perspective or a cultural perspective. Um, and you're not going to be essentially labeled as uh, not attractive because you are in these spaces with those people. You choose to share relationships or friendships with people who are different than you. And yeah. um, as much as, you know, we are inclusive, I think there is still safety sought in numbers of people who look just like yourself. And yes. um, that tends to be shared amongst a lot of, you know, our, you know, Caucasian, you know, bear brothers, you know, and um, that I think is definitely a stigma that is uh, kind of transcended, um, you know, different areas or different cities of where people live. And it's kind of more of a common experience for a lot of people. Yeah, the the whole um, familiarity is comfort idea. Like people are used to being around people of the same race, and so they're not used to being around people that aren't. And even if they don't mean bad, they may say some things they aren't realize are racially insensitive. Um, when I one of the complaints I've talked about with some other um, people of color, bears at least, is what they've seen on posters for events. Do you know where I'm going with this? Have you seen that before? Oh yeah. So what if, so what do you tend to see on those posters and what would you like to see? Well, I definitely would say that, uh, especially now if we see a little bit more of a broader representation of, of people and on those types of, uh, communications, if you will. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten better. It has, but I mean, for a very long time, I mean, it was, uh, you know, very much, you know, Caucasian men um, who were maybe of a, a certain build that was maybe more muscular. I think, you know, maybe something you've addressed in a previous conversation is that 
you know, muscular men were really the ones who were kind of perpetuated as like, you know, the pinnacle expression of what a bear really meant when yeah. its roots are not really based in that. So, the crop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tend to kind of, you know, glorify a specific look uh, or, you know, a specific ethnicity. Uh, whereas, you know, even, you know, you go to places like P-Town, you know, for bear week and, um, you know, you start to see that maybe there's not as many people of color, you know, represented in those types of uh, promotions, you know, for those events. And so the inclusivity is definitely something from a perception standpoint that we don't see a lot of diversity, right? So, um, but as I mentioned at the top, I think that this is something that is starting to improve a bit more. Um, You know, visibility is is really key in that sense. And to be seen in spaces like that and celebrated as an equal part of the community is something that I think we really need to strive a little bit more for and that we will continue to see more of in the future. Absolutely. Um, I did a little bit of research on this because, you know, it's one thing to have a feeling, but I just sadly, I found some data that sort of backs up what you're talking about. Um, The BBC uh, pulled a report from... um, that basically stated that 61% of ethnic minority LGBTQ individuals, so you know, typically black, um, other people of color, Asian, Hispanics, um, 61% have experienced some sort of racism through the online dating or dating in person. Um, I remember when like 10 years ago on like those crazy websites like Adam for Adam or uh, even early days of Growler, where you see those profiles that say stuff like, you know, only like whites or only like light skinned Latinos and whites, stuff like that. Do, have you, do you remember seeing stuff like that? Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was pretty much, you know, everywhere. I mean, it was a part of every communication that you could even, you know, pull up for those types of things. Absolutely. It's so sad. You know, it's terrible. Um, or um, you might have the opposite. Where have you ever felt like you're wanted because you're black and because you're darker? Well, yeah, I mean, I I could probably speak for, you know, any minority or person of color in our community that we've all been fetishized to a certain degree. Yeah. Right. Uh, Whether, you know, passively or just outright, you know, you're a big, tall black man with a big, huge black cock. Right. Like that, that kind of, um, addressing of just, you know, an identity that obviously we don't presume for ourselves and, you know, just wanting to be able to meet and or communicate with other people, you know, that's, that's definitely something that has put a bad taste in, in all of our mouths. Right. And so, um, you know, I think the more that we've had to deal with, um, that type of stereotyping and fetishizing is something that, um, you know, ends up making us feel more on the outs, right? Because it's just right. like, well, we're just not accepted as just people for being who we are, yeah. right? I, I can't tell you I've the, the times I've heard, and it's so subtle, but it's like, oh, he's super cute for a black guy. Or he's like, that's a really hot black guy. And it's just like, uh, We've all heard that, man. Um, you know, and it, and that's the thing too. I, you know, and I'll, I'll even just kind of, you know, equate something that's kind of having a little bit more currently is that, you know, we see all of this, uh, you know, aggression towards uh, the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. Uh, and uh, you know, for years, I mean, especially on these dating sites and apps where you see so many uh, people just outright saying, 
oh, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I'm not attracted to Asians. You know, I'm not, I don't, you know, right. no femme fats or Asians, right? Like we've all seen yeah. that one. That was like the, the cliche tagline, which was so disgusting and just, you know, horrible to read. And, and it's, it's, again, it's those types of aggressions that just really culminate in just this overarching theme of just not accepting people for just who they are. And um, that part is, is definitely discouraging when it's come to, you know, being in spaces such as, uh, you know, the online dating scene. Yeah. And the Asian community has that worst stereotype. So like black guys always get assumed they've got big dicks, but Asian people assume they get, they have small ones, which is totally false. Like none and of that is true. It's horrible, you know? And, <laughs> and again, it's like, you know, how is that really the way that you could even choose to enter into, uh, you know, a conversation or, you know, getting to know someone knowing that that's really kind of how they think and feel right. Like that's definitely not something that's very inviting. So that's, that's, that's definitely something we need to scrap. Absolutely. And what makes me so sad is like, you know, we're we're currently dealing with the George Floyd case. We just had a shooting um, of another person just yesterday and by a police officer, you know, there's years of racial inequality with, with black people. And then the more recently the issues with Asian people, and then, you know, still discrimination with Hispanic people. It's just like, there's so much of it in, outside every day in the world. And then you would think that going to a gay bar or going to a friend's party with hopefully, you know, people that are similar to you, they're already a minority, you would feel comfortable. And I think that's one of the most disappointing things is it's still, those racist tendencies still just don't go away just because you're with other LGBTQ people. And I really hope in the future that changes. Absolutely. It needs to change 100%. It it does. Um, Have you ever felt like you were really close to a relationship or passed up on a relationship because of your, um, because of how you look? Oh man, this is the juicy one, isn't it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, and I, 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 again, I don't want to speak for, you know, all people yeah. of color or anything like that. Cause again, our experiences do vary, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are absolutely times when, um, you know, you may be in the process of getting to know someone who you are obviously very attracted to and, you know, yeah. there's, there's a connection there. Um, but as in all relationships, there's kind of those sobering moments of just kind of, Oh, now I kind of have a little bit more insight into maybe the not so great things about, you know, maybe yeah. how this person thinks or how they, you know, kind of process life. And, uh, one of those has been that, um, you know, I've not only just been fetishized in relationships, but then also kind of, you know, the things aesthetically that I bring to that relationship, diving into that, meaning that, um, I may be, uh, a little bit more, you know, hip hop or thug. And I know that might be something that I kind of add to their, uh, to their look or, you know, you know, the types of people that they might appeal to because, you know, I represent something that they might not be. And, yeah. um, that part I think is probably one of the most, uh, disturbing things I think about, um, disappointing people, too. Yeah. And how people think about their yeah. relationships, you know? And so, um, you know, I always kind of perceive that as just being, uh, you know, something that lives on the surface, but that really should not, uh, filter into um, my ability to be able to carry on a meaningful relationship with someone Good. That I care about. Good. And it's even worse. You were, you were talking about when you get to know someone 
and then that flatter unflattering piece comes out. Um, there's there's some people that will have sex with people of color, but they won't date them. Like there's that fear of bringing them home to mommy and daddy and having that racist fallout, if you will. Oh, trust me. You know, I, and you know, we've talked about this in my most recent move here to Dallas, Texas um, has kind of opened up, I think a little bit of a Pandora's box of just the, the general availability of people who definitely would have that type of issue um, you know, should something actually spring into a more of a relationship, um, that, you know, it's, it's the whole introducing to the friends and the family and, um, the, the nervous feeling of not necessarily being accepted, uh, on behalf of someone who has an issue of their own to deal with when it comes to race. Um, and, and that part of it, I think is, uh, the most discouraging thing you think about as why would this person then not be proud enough to be able to say, Hey, yeah, I'm dating a person of color. And, you know, there's nothing really to interpret beyond that. It's just that we are two people who really care about each other. Um, but it is also a very real tension in a lot of ways, which is sad. I mean, like you already meet someone, which is really hard to do because we're already a minority and then you hit it off, which is like another issue. And then they're like, never mind. You know, because of that, it's just, right. I can't even imagine. Um, I want to put myself on notice um, just in, in a way like over the past 10 years, I've been more involved in the gay community. Um, I would say the past 10 years and even myself, I've had to notice my own tendencies around, um, you know, I'm, I'm Latino, but even other around other people of color. And I think, I grew up in mostly white areas and white neighborhoods. And I think some of those misconceptions and some of those thoughts just kind of rubbed off on me, whether I wanted to admit it or not. And that's, um, you know, I've always been really inclusive. I would never say I'm racist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like, I think we all have little biases that we were taught or learned without realizing it. But the good thing, and I think the thing that people can do going forward is just be more mindful of it and be aware of it. So, you know, the next time you're, you're describing a friend or you're talking to someone at the party, like your example, maybe don't say, Hey, you're that black guy, right? Like (laughs) you can say literally anything else, you know, right. Um, Just be more cognizant of those stereotypes and opinions. And I think that could be, that could be huge. That can really help someone feel more included because Ultimately, I think that's what the gay community is supposed to be. We're supposed to be inclusive. You know, life's too short. We need to be nicer to ourselves. We already have the world against us. Let's try to be nicer, you know? 100%. I mean, and it's so funny that just, you know, this past weekend, you know, I had a really great experience with um, meeting a whole, you know, new group of people who, you know, all probably deal with some level of kind of, you know, social awkwardness or insecurity of being in a new place where you don't know a ton of folks and you're just sitting there trying to, you know, be able to, you know, find yourself in a good space to be able to be open to meeting people. And, and, and a lot of that actually stemmed from uh, the fact that we had conversations that weren't just so on the surface. I mean, even as a, you know, part of a broader group of people was more shared in our experiences of, you know, we've dealt with so much lately, right? Like, I mean, just yeah. with the pandemic and everything that we yeah. had going on from a sociocultural standpoint that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of burden 
to put on your shoulders, right? And um, that shared experience of just knowing that, hey, you know what, we've, we've been through this and yeah. put up with so much that it, it really is time to really celebrate what it means to just be a, an individual who's just open to being able to bridge and mend the gap uh, to be able to just love and accept each other for who we are and, and know that our community is about more than just uh, you know, going to events and, you know, you know, traveling and going to bars right. and, you know, getting wasted. And like, we, we, we definitely need to show more support. Um, and I think that's definitely going to be a part of that dialogue. That's really going to, you know, push us forward and, and, and really make us better as a community as a whole. Absolutely. And that kind of brings me to uh, another question for you, which is, what do you hope to see going forward? I mean, I know we've already seen more diverse posters. We've seen people kind of stop and, and take more notice of their thoughts and actions. Um, what do you think, or what do you expect to see or hope to see in the future? Well, I think we've kind of already seen the, the foundational blocks that are yeah. really starting to kind of, you know, move that dialogue in the right direction, right? What we saw, um, you know, last year with, you know, a lot of the protests that were happening, you know, um, you know, there was a, a certain kind of reckoning with our reality of the yeah. that there are uh, still a lot of um, steps forward that we need to take. And uh, as a community, especially within the gay community and knowing that, you know, the, the struggle that people of color face is really the struggle that the LGBTQ community faces as well. And that yeah. is fight for equality. Um, Absolutely. You know, kind of what you were talking about as far as, you know, you, you are uh, a Latino man, you know, and that, you know, you grew up in a rather affluent area and that, you know, there yep. may be certain things that you don't necessarily identify with, with being a person of color from other places in our country. You know, really the experience is, is, is one that is still shared because regardless of how mm -hmm. you've been brought up, you know, you are still uh, identifiable by others as being included in a community that yes. a lot of people sometimes feel disconnected from, right? And so going forward, I think it's really going to be important for us all to look at opportunities to really devote our time and our effort uh, to really understanding our, our, our brothers and sisters in our community, right? And, yeah. and, and having more of these more difficult conversations, because let's be honest, I mean, these, these are not easy things to discuss. And it often comes with, you know, varying opinions on, you know, who might necessarily be right if they're taking up, you know, cause with a certain issue, um, you know, and, and that is sometimes a harder pill to swallow when someone has differing views than you. Um, yeah. But I think the underlying thing here is that we, we need to respect each other. Um, and that respect comes from being able to understand that people are different. People come from these different backgrounds with different perspectives. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the, 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 the common theme really needs to be rooted in equality for all. And yes. um, I think that's where, you know, we've really started to see a lot of those uh, um, uh, pieces being put together. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, the progress that we continue to make and know that, you know, people like yourself and, and me and, and others that we've, uh, you know, have as friends and family, you know, we will continue that dialogue and continue to push for, you know, more of those opportunities to be able to bridge that gap. And uh, I'm really excited for what we have coming up in the future. I completely agree. And I think a great place to start is just anyone who has a different opinion of you. I think just, just start with a conversation. It doesn't have to be total confrontational. Um, I know one of the things that I hear a lot or I heard a lot 
um, in those more affluent white centric communities was, you know, it's they're they're overblowing it. It's a big deal. Like it's not that big of a deal. You know, um, they got their civil rights in the '60s. Like, what are they worried about? Like, I, it can't be that bad. You know, just kind of underplaying it all. Right. I think one of the big reasons why everything sort of took off the way it did last year, which is a good thing, was because you know all, we have a lot more video evidence, and we're seeing that nope, just it, it's not it's not equal. And uh, you know, people of color have every right to be upset and every right to demand equal rights. And we have definitive proof now. And if you can't get behind that, I, I don't know what else to tell you, you know? And I think just kind of starting there and, you know, showing them there is an issue, here's how you can be better, is a great way to move forward. And I think that's something that everyone can start doing today. You know, just be more mindful and just be more inclusive and accepting. And I think that could um, spread to everywhere. and be a larger impact than you think. So. Absolutely. I even will just kind of close on one thing. And that's, you know, I think for a lot of the, the imagery that we've seen recently um, yeah. you know, with the George Floyd case and, you know, even uh, everything that's happened uh, even just this past week is that so many of us uh, see ourselves in these situations through these, mm. movies and these images, right? We, we yeah. have a common strife to live and, to be happy and to be loved and to experience love and give love. And yeah. um, when that simple right is taken away um, by, you know, someone who either didn't know how to handle themselves in a situation or harbors right. some level of hatred for, for, or contempt for that person. Um, it is one of the true robberies that occurs way too often in this country and um, I think that is why we see so much gravitation towards wanting to love and to really show that level of support. And so I know that everyone listening to this uh, podcast today is really going mm -hmm. to take something away from that and know that we have work to do, but um, that we really will get there together and only together. Um, Absolutely. So I'm really just uh, optimistic for how that's going to take shape. And, uh, you know, I'm really just definitely grateful to be able to have my own equal part in that effort. Absolutely. And I can't thank you enough, Dave, for taking the time and talking with me about this. I know it may be a little uncomfortable and it wasn't easy, but I, I truly, truly appreciate it. And, um, you know, I, I hope that those listening can, like Dave said, definitely take something away from this conversation. So um, thank you so much again, Dave, for coming on with me to the Bear Share Show. And um, for those of you listening, if you would like to comment on the show, send me an email at thebearshareshow at gmail.com um, and follow the Instagram at, at thebearshareshow um, on Instagram and uh, like and subscribe it and get more content. So thank you so much again, David. Thank you, Andre. It was really a pleasure. Awesome. All right. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>